This is The Reading Room. I'm Corbin Weiss. The title for today's story is What Lurks in the Heart of Men. It was a dark and gloomy night with a heavy downpour of rain when I, Victor, heard a frantic knock on the door. I put my book down and answered it. I opened it and saw a dark figure in my doorstep. I looked at the dark figure and a flash of lightning illuminated him. At that one moment, I saw him. He had black hair flattened by the downpour of rain. His eyes were green and bloodshot. His skin was pale and his face had a scared expression on it. His arms were crossed due to the coldness of the rain. May I help you? I asked. Can, can I come in? The man asked. I don't know why I did it. Maybe sympathy, but I moved aside to let him in. I closed the door behind him and asked, would you like hot tea? Yes, please. I let the man in my living room and went to the kitchen to boil the hot water. As the water was boiling, I went back to the living room to check up on the man. I found him sitting on my couch, curled up, shaking. I went to grab a blanket for him. I came back and gave and handed it to him. I asked, what's your name? The man answered while shuddering, P-P-Paul. Paul, is it? I said. Yes, he said. Paul, what are you doing outside? I asked curiously. I waited as the man gathered his words. I noticed that Paul was really shaken up about someone or something. As Paul was thinking, I went back into the kitchen to see how the water was doing. It was boiling, so I put a bag of tea into the water. I turned around and saw Paul right there behind me. To be honest, it scared me to death. Paul started to talk about what happened to him before he came to my house. I was running in the darkness of the night, couldn't see an inch in front of me. I knew someone evil was chasing me in the dark. I don't know who or what he is, but he just kept on running. I don't know what I did to this man. All I know is he's very angry with me. As Paul was explaining what happened to him, I was getting nervous that whoever was chasing him might follow him to my house. So I decided to take Paul upstairs to my room so no one would be able to see him. I put him in my room and told him to stay here until morning. If anyone tried to get in, I would call the police or try to stop them myself. Now I wish I rejected Paul when he showed up in my doorstep if I knew what was going to happen and I didn't get a good feeling about him in the beginning. As I was pouring Paul's tea, I could hear him walking back and forth. I was walking up the stairs when a flash of lightning hit. The lights went out and I could hear Paul yelling, It's you! I trusted you! Stop! 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 Then everything went quiet, including Paul. The only thing that was making noise was the rain pounding on the windows. For the life of me, I could not move. I was frozen stiff. My heart was beating very fast, and my hands were starting to sweat. 
There I was, standing on the staircase, and I could feel someone else's presence in the darkness coming down the stairs. I was praying for my life. I could feel the wind from that same presence as he passed me on the steps. I could hear my front door open and then close. As soon as the door closed, the lights came back on. I got even more scared when I saw a trail of blood coming down the stairs and the trail passing me. It took every ounce of my strength to follow the bloody trail up the stairs. As I followed the bloody trail to my room where Paul was, I was praying that nothing had happened to him, but my prayers were not answered. I found Paul lying dead, face down. I saw a decorative dagger in his back, and I saw that Paul fought for his life and tragically lost. I was so fixed on Paul's dead body, I forgot that I was holding his tea. I put it down on a nearby lampstand and continued staring at Paul's body. Suddenly the doorbell rings. It scared me, but for only an instant. So I went down and answered it like nothing happened. My whole body froze when I saw a policeman at my doorstep. He said to me, good evening, sir. I was called over here because your neighbor saw a fight through the window. Is everything okay? I answered him, but it was a lie. Oh, that? I was just playing with my nephew, but I don't think he bought it, but he left anyway. After the police officer left, I went back upstairs to see Paul had any ID on him. I felt really bad going through a dead body. After a while of searching him, I found a license on him. It read that his full name is Paul McDougal and he lived on 666 St. Street. So, I decided to go to Paul's house, but I was a bit nervous leaving a dead body in my home. So, I decided to bury Paul in my backyard in the rain. After I buried Paul in the backyard, which felt like I gave him an undeserving grave, I went to his house. I was surprised that Paul's house was only two miles away from my house. I rang the doorbell, and a few moments later, the door opened. I was stunned when I saw Paul had opened the door. He was different. When I mean different, I mean that his skin was not pale, his eyes were not bloodshot, and he didn't seem scared, and he was alive. He asked to me in the same voice that he had in my house. May I help you? Paul, I asked bewilderedly. Yes, he replied just as confused. I reached out my hand to touch him to see if I wasn't dreaming, hoping I was, but he is real. Excuse me, Paul said furiously. I said to him while grabbing his shoulders and looking straight into his eyes, Paul, I just saw you die. Paul took one step back and said with a frightened tone, I'm not dead and I'm going to go call the police. I was going to stop him, but I heard, Paul, who is it? Nothing, honey. Go back inside, Paul demanded to the lady's voice. He turned back to me and demanded for me to go. 
Before he closed the door, he asked who am I. I told him who I am and that he should be dead in my backyard. But Paul thought I was a deranged man and closed the door on me. I was an idiot. I decided to break into Paul's house to see him more and to get some answers. I burst into Paul's house and found a woman with him in his living room. Paul stood up and said to me, Sir, get out or I'm going to call the police. But like I said, I'm an idiot and I didn't leave when he told me to get out. Wait, before I leave, tell me who you are because you're not Paul McDougal. He was killed in my house a couple of hours ago. Paul looked at me like I was possessed or something and said, I'm calling the police now. And as soon as he called the police, lightning hit the yard and the lights went out. I heard what I heard in my house, but a lot closer. I heard Paul yell, Get away from me, you possessed man! No, no, no! The woman screamed at the top of her lungs when Paul went quiet. I felt the same presence as I did when the same thing happened at my house. The lights came back on. The woman screamed at the top of her lungs when she saw Paul dead on the ground with a decorative dagger in his back like before. Before the woman could say anything to me, I saw a figure outside looking in and I knew that it was the killer. I raced out and chased him down the street. I caught him when he slipped in a puddle from the rain. When I pulled him up off the ground, I was confused and frozen, but mainly confused. The killer was me. I knew that I did not kill the Pauls, and I know that I'm not a killer. I don't know how this is possible. He looks like me, and he's the same height, same build as me, down to the very detail, but older. I asked him, Who are you? He replied, I am you, Victor. And I said, I... I, I don't understand. He said, I am from the future. I am you in two years. And before you ask about Paul, he made me into who you see now. He screwed me. Paul took everything that I had. And I mean everything. I didn't do anything to him. All I did was take a few hundred dollars. And now I'm going to clean the world of all Paul McDougal's. When I say all, I mean future, present, and past. I killed future Paul in our house, present Paul in his house. Though you're probably thinking, just kill him before he's born. Well, I just wanted to make sure. And I, the real present Victor, said to my future self, You are crazy. You mean, you are crazy, future Victor said to me. That's not the issue right now. Yes, I might go crazy, but you are the crazy one, and I can't let you kill Paul for the third time. Instantly, future Victor vanished into a beam of light. It took me a while to figure out that future Victor went to Paul's birth. I raced back to my house, and I found the police there, but I didn't care at this point. They tried to stop me, but I took them out as quickly as I could, but I didn't kill them. I just knocked them out. Surprisingly, it was quite easy. I took the police officer's gun and dug up, I thought that it's the same time device, future Paul, and searched him, and found a small device on him. It was a necklace with a clock on it. I also looked on future Paul's license 
and saw his birthday. I set the time to March 8, 2015. It took me a little while, but I got it. A flash of light surrounded me, and I appeared in my backyard on March 8, 2015. I happened to bring the license and looked at where he was born. He was born here in Chicago, just down the street at the hospital. I raced to the hospital and barged into Mary McDougall's delivery room. I couldn't find future Victor, but naturally, I was told to get out of the delivery room. I went to the waiting room to wait for future Victor, but he was already there. I pulled out the police officer's gun and pointed it at him and bellowed, Future Victor, you are done! He looked at me, and for a brief moment, I pointed the gun at him. It felt weird to be holding yourself at gunpoint. Nevertheless, I shot him five times. Everyone in the waiting room screamed and ran out. But the security guards came, and I set the necklace to my birthday, December 20, 2014. I appeared in the same waiting room, but no one is panicking. It is good that I was born in the same hospital because I didn't have to go far. I asked the front desk where Caroline Dumbbell is. They replied, she is in delivery room 4 on the 6th floor. I thanked them and went to the delivery room where I was being born. When I got up to the room, I heard that my mother is giving birth to me. Then I heard a nearby baby crying. I barged in and pointed the gun at baby me. I felt bad pointing a gun at the baby. So I lowered it and set the necklace to 2000, where my parents haven't even met. I disappeared and reappeared at the hospital in 2000. I went to my father's house, which is in Chicago, and only 10 miles away. When I got to my father's house, I rang the doorbell. He answered it and I asked him if I could come in. Just what I did, he let me in and I explained everything. He didn't believe me, as he should, so I had no choice. I took him by the hand and dialed the necklace to the year 3055. I chose to take myself and my father to the year 3055 because I felt wrong killing him and myself. This way, I was never born, but something happened when we arrived in 3055. I'm still here. I don't get it. Maybe it's due to the necklace. Maybe it has some power that protects me from any temporal displacement. I sent myself and my father to the future to say Paul McDougall. I have no regrets. Thank you for listening to The Reading Room. I'm Corbin Weiss.